Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it's time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who really do enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. Now, I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, The Art of the CEO streams magically through the amazingly misunderstood realms of cyberspace, where you may listen and download our episodes by visiting blogtalk.com. Radio.com slash the art of the CEO. Once again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And we invite you to visit and explore for your benefit. And whether you are a humor writer who is helping Homo sapiens discover their culture and laugh at themselves, like Adam, or <clears throat> You have, through your own individual publicity acumen, set up a home-based franchise as part of a major national PR firm like Erica. We're here to bring you the Sage Council of Business Masters to help your career and your ventures. And today's episode, uh, you're going to love this, is entitled Merging and Inquiring, the Newest One-Stop Fountain of Expertise, and introducing us to several of uh, the M&A Game Chasers, particularly his own, is our featured guest, Mr. Michael Nall, founder of the Alliance of Merger and Acquisition Advisors and the Mid-Market Alliance. Quite an amazing feat. Yes, uh, it's going to be fun, because today we're going to delve into really what's probably the most complex and certainly the most emotionally traumatic aspect of business, buying and selling of companies. We'll poke around a little bit in the art of deal-making, give some of the caveat chart techniques, you know, things that you'll want to hear. Uh, and we'll, at the same time, we're going to find out what are the trends in this highly delicate process of inorganic business growth. But before we start giving you all the insights and setting you up uh, to be an inorganic flinger of capital and corpse swap, why don't we take a moment out there to supply you with a few utensils for today's Feast of Wisdom. And first, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of Yourself. And Since that's the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, Allow me to ask, will this be the day that you, in accord with the season, take a visitation with your own spirit, find those deeper fulfillments that really make you eager and enthusiastic, or will you continue listening to the voices of others and believe their seductive plans for your life? The choice is truly yours. And as a second utensil, it's time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me get one. I'm going to try to get one that fits Mike here. Here we go. All right, here we go. This is number 67. A merger is a business deal involving two parties who feel cheated, two parties who swear they've made out like bandits, making it all two. (laughs) And as an afterthought, it's sort of funny, isn't it, how often M&A victories seem to go to those negotiators who care more about gaining specific goals and less about defeating the other guy? Just a thought. And our third utensil, perhaps we should call today's utensil the blending spoon. Right now, we're going to give you the answers to last week's business quotation. And today, before we leave there, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us the name of the author, as you believe him or her to be. Simply write down that name and mail it to info at bartsbooks.com. 
That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com. And if you're correct, we will send you a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. (laughs) And so the author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, if you're going through hell, keep going. (laughs) And uh, that was the same gentleman whose two-finger V for victory sign brightened the nation's hearts and kept them going. It was Mr. Winston Churchill. So now let us dig into today's Feast of Wisdom and find out where the world of mergers and acquisitions is going, is coming from, and what's about to take it by storm with m and guru, Mr. Michael Nall. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderfully. Thank you, Bart, and uh, a pleasure to, to be with the group today. Today is an amazing day with uh, what's happened at the SEC just a, a few hours ago. In approving, oh, tell us. What, what is it? What's up? Uh, they approved uh, Title III of the JOBS Act, which uh-huh. opens up the investment opportunity in, in private companies to, to millions of unaccredited investors. So this is, is really quite significant in that back in 2012 – there was uh, unanimous support for uh, this type of investment opportunity. It, it had been limited only to uh, accredited investors and uh, uh, folks like... Now, what's the difference, uh, Mike, an accredited versus an unaccredited? What does this, what does this the, mean? What, what's the, it, for, for, uh, the, they've determined that if you have a, a net worth of a million dollars or more exclusive of right. your home... Or you have income of of two hundred thousand dollars a year for the past two years, that uh, you fit the definition from an investment perspective of an accredited investor. So, up no. until today, uh, only accredited investors could invest in, in in private company offerings. So this is very significant today. It, it won't take. Oh, uh, it'll become effective uh, 90 days hence, but uh, mm-hmm. certainly this is important in opening up a, a, a large number of investment opportunities to, to many private companies or, and private individuals. Oh, uh, interesting goodness. in that 97% of individuals has, have said they, they would like to be able to invest in private companies if they had the opportunity. So lots going wow. on here. Mike, you you call this, uh, I've heard you call this the democratization of the market. There's been a lot of things. What are some of the things that the people are going to be allowed to get into now? Uh, The the other 97% of non-accredited investors. Well, the the opportunity to invest in uh, private companies generally has been available to private equity funds. And private right. equity funds have been established uh, as a, a booming asset class over the last several decades. And uh, institutional investors, pension funds, and, and other high net worth yeah. individuals became limited partners. So this is really significant in allowing a, a smaller company or, or an entrepreneur with an idea to mm. access capital beyond just friends and family in right, right. Um, obviously there are some limitations, and uh, you'll see much more published on this over the next few weeks and, and next couple oh, of months. It will take take place at, at the end of, of January 2016. This it must have been this way 
very similarly when the common stock market, which though it was formed in the Buttonwood Agreement way back in, in 1792, the uh, when it really became accessible to the average person with the New York Exchange and, and, the, and the and the curb uh, exchanges, it's it's got everybody involved. I mean, I, it seems to me that this, this is almost that great. Uh, it, it's going to it's going to change the things. Well, now, Mike, just a you uh, and you you've seen changes. Heaven knows you you've really earned your stripes in the M and A arena. I, I know you were deal making way out in the Golden State in the early '80s, and I was wondering if you could just uh, fill us in briefly with a, a thumbnail sketch of your personal uh, merger acquisition history. Could you? I'd be happy to, Bart. I uh, I learned about private company merger and acquisition work when I had an accounting practice many years ago oh. in, in Southern California. So we, we worked with a large number of, of small business clients of, of all different types, uh, one of which asked myself as, as their CPA, they needed help. It was a small medical technology company and right. uh, pulmonary-based testing device. They needed capital to grow. They had sales at about $3 million. So they asked somebody that they knew, that typically the, the CPA. And uh, huh. I, of course, began to, to do some research. I, I, I didn't have the answers myself, but I, I called no. some investment bankers, and they, they laughed at me. It was uh, oh. uh, too small for most <laughs> well, investment, uh, for investment bankers. bankers. Supposed to do that. It's, it's sort of a, a smug, nasty laugh that they put everyone off with. Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that part they, of their training? Well, well they're very uh, oftentimes... Uh, uh, they've been perceived as, as unapproachable, and uh, for most investment bankers, uh, they really, particularly the bulge bracket firms, they really only want to do the, the bigger deals, uh, $100 million yeah. and up. But there are right, right. several hundred thousand private companies that are uh, below the radar screen, and they need help. So that was how I ended up learning about the private company marketplace, simply because of a, a need that existed and that was how I got started back in, in the mid-'80s a long time ago. Sold my accounting practice, and, and the first deal I did as an M&A advisor was uh, uh, after selling the accounting practice and helping my client that had asked me for help. We, we, we came up with an answer and helped them to merge with a, another company, and it was a, 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 a great start to the, the M&A profession. Well, that's that's an intriguing story. I love it. And so here, here, ladies and gentlemen, here's the guy who starts out from the beginning, finds something new, delves in, and uh, there was a lot of hard work. This is not some Gilbert and Sullivan fantasy. There's a he Mike's causing over a lot of things, but he keeps climbing. You, you keep going up, Mike. You're getting better. You're really at the top of your M&A career. You're a member of, if you'll forgive the term, the Association for Corporate Growth, of which I am also a member. But, and, and everything is going well for you. And, and then you say, well, I'm going to get out of the business, and I'm, I'm going to get into uh, – I'm going to form my own association. Uh, I'm going to form – and you formed the Alliance of Merger and Acquisition Advisors, and then the Mid Market Alliance. What was the need? Why? Why? Uh, why the change? Well, I found that uh, when I had my accounting practice, many other CPAs had clients with a need, and mm -hmm. since investment bankers oftentimes were difficult to connect with or or unapproachable, uh, the CPAs were uh, left searching for answers. So 
that was right, the start right. of our M&A association. It was a, simply a, a peer-to-peer share group. Uh, the uh-huh. initial meeting of the association was uh, partners from 10 regional CPA firms. We uh, met okay. here at the Hilton at the O'Hare Airport, and it, it's now grown from the initial 10 to over 1,000. But, uh, oh, we, of course, we started with CPAs, but we now include many other uh, highly qualified professionals, uh, investment bankers, M&A advisors, investors, and of course, I, I uh, notice you're, you're you're holding back on mentioning lawyers, but I'm sure they're in there too. I was just about to say uh, <laughs> uh, uh, attorneys and management consultants, almost uh, anyone with access and influence on a, a private company situation. Surprisingly, right. now we're getting more and more uh, corporate development professionals with larger oh, no public companies that are are seeking to learn about this private capital marketplace. And then we also so end you're getting up the acquisitional side as well, not just the, the you're not you're neither buyer nor seller, you're you're all inclusive. Exactly. It it takes both to make a, a deal happen, as as you mentioned <laughs> earlier. It yeah, it's yeah. almost a miracle when things do come together because they the seller swears they would not have settled for one penny less and they, the <laughs> the buyer uh, the buyer will will tell you that they they were pushed to the wall and, and wouldn't have paid one penny more and it it's a fine balancing act when whenever the two meet. <laughs> well, now I tell you, could uh, I think a, a lot of people are dealing with M and A and and obviously since the news you've just unloaded more will, but so so could you tell us a little bit about the uh, AMAA and what? Uh, Who's who's? We well, told us who's joining, I guess, really. But but what are some of the what are the benefits? What are they getting out of this? And um, give us give us the advertisement. What what what's the benefits of all of this? Well, the the prime benefit part is is really access to uh, trusted relationships. Uh, what mm, what okay. you'll find is that uh, mergers and acquisitions is, is really to a large extent uh, about relationships and people. So. Having access to trusted sources of of capital, both debt and equity, and having sure. a, a team of qualified professionals, attorneys, accountants—it it really is a, a team sort of a sport. So the mm-hmm. real benefit of a professional association like this is is the awareness and access of other qualified professionals, and we have a code of ethics, and of course we we meet on a regular basis. So. Uh, trusted relationships would be key. In addition, obviously, uh, shared know-how is, is yeah, essential. We've got uh, we've got uh, a large number of our independent members that have pooled their knowledge in a, a first-of-its-kind book called the Middle Market M&A Handbook that was was published oh, and by this, Wiley. This, ladies and gentlemen, you you you've got to uh, you've got to take a look at this. And a typical of the way Mike does things, he's he gathered several authors, and one of them, a very mu- dear mutual friend of both of us is Chris Please, who uh, is you want him sitting on your side of the table. That's all I can say. Anyway, yes, do, do uh, what? Give them the the title of the book, uh, Mike, and uh, where they can get it. It it's the middle market. M&A Handbook, uh, published mm-hmm. by Wiley, and it can be found at middlemarketma.com. All righty. Great. Well, now, Mike, i got to ask you here. 
what do you, what do you think? Now, I have been hanging around all the right M&A gatherings. I've, I've, I've got the legal terms down. I've got the CPA buzzwords uh, all down pat, and everyone in the financial re- arena that I know says I'm absolutely full of it. The advice that is. So, so what do you think? Do I qualify to be a certified merger and acquisitions advisor? I mean, should I hang out my shingle? What do you think? Well, that certainly would uh, be a high-risk proposition in that what we <laughs> Okay. What we've found over the years is uh, there, there's a, a great deal of, of know-how and experience essential to, to putting together a, a successful transaction. So we would encourage people who have business experience and, and have the right educational foundation to take the time to learn from others who, who've done this. And that's certainly possible in, in working in an apprenticeship kind of a, a, a role with a, an established middle market M&A, uh, uh, M&A advisory firm. Or uh, another alternative is, is we have put together a first-of-its-kind uh, training and credentialing program that we've been doing now for, for 10 years. And what we found in organizing this body of knowledge is that we were not able to get the help we would like from the schools of business. they the, right, the Harvard right. and Wharton and uh, other they, schools of business, they, they have do an a academic wonderful slant, job. I bet you. Uh. Exactly. They, they have an academic slant, and it's largely devoted, Bart, to the public marketplace, for public to public, <gasps> the, the bigger yeah, yeah, deals, yeah. if you will. Right, so right. we found that the only source of know-how in the private middle market mm-hmm. were the experienced professionals that were active in doing deals. So we've been very fortunate in attracting and getting these people who are willing to share either by publishing articles or, or writing for our book or uh, teaching in the classroom. So uh, we four times to five, sometimes six times a year, we will do a, a one-week boot camp uh, entitling a, a qualified professional to become a certified M&A advisor Okay, and now, Mike, tell, really me, tell me where I can do that. Tell me, tell our audience where they can uh, get all of that and sign up. Uh, all of the, the information about the certification program uh, can be found on our website at amaaonline.com. Mm-hmm. And you will find that, that the program is offered in 2016. It will be offered in uh, February, at the end of February, at Thunderbird in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, which is now part of of ASU, Arizona State University. We'll be doing two additional programs uh, here at DePaul University in Chicago. And then late in 2016, we'll be back at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California. So it's done about once uh, a quarter around the U.S. All righty. That's great. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to The Art of the CEO Radio Show, streaming live from Blog Talk Radio. And at this point, we have come to the midpoint of our feast, and so allow us now, I think it's a good time, to take a brief sorbet. And allow me to also introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today. And that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of, among many other divisions, Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides. And you may visit 
bartsbooks.com, that's B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, to explore a wide wealth of uh, really practical wisdom from business masters. And this very day, Prometheus Publishing would like invite you to uh, take a look at the book uh, in their bookstore called So That's How They Do It, Tactics from Business Masters. And I love this book because instead of some seven-step template, these pages offer you a smorgasbord of tactics that have really brought benefit to a worldwide array of business masters. So, friends, you're getting some proven examples here. You're getting uh, items that are succinctly and humorously written tactics, disciplines, attitude adjustments. So, um, and you can take them all and you can uh, apply the ones. That, that do work for you, bypass the ones that don't, and maybe uh, set your mind pondering to, to some innovative improvement that you've got. So grab a copy at bartsbooks.com bookstore. And right now, ladies and gentlemen, and those adventurous entrepreneurs who are carving out their own good fortune rather than waiting for lottery dollars, we are back with the Art of the CEO radio show on blogtalkradio.com and back with a master of M&A and founder of the Alliance of Merger and Acquisition Advisors, Mr. Michael Nall. And, Michael, uh, business really has gone global. Uh, all the world. That's that's not, not much news. And uh, of of course, uh, your alliance has gone right along with it. You've got members, I believe, now in twenty five nations, and you've just gotten back from a London adventure. And uh, I'm I'm sure that the international M and A market is strong. But I got to tell you, wading through two sets of legalities and customs and financial structures, this is all very Halloween to me. I. I do I need to be scared of, of venturing abroad uh, to do a, a, an across-the-border deal or not? That's a good question, and, and I would say um, certainly there's ample opportunity. There's great return potential, but there's also risk. You're, you're right in that investing in a, a private company uh, does entail a, a higher amount of risk, which is why the returns are commensurate. To, to compensate for that risk, but you're correct, Bart. Even in uh, uh, there's another level of risk in a an investment in another nation cross-border deal. But again, the returns may make that worth it. So the the only way to know is to do the 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 due diligence and to explore the opportunity, comparing risk and return. But there's more interest than ever in, in cross-border activity. In fact, of course, the marketplace today is, is unbelievable. We're, we're in oh, a, really? a, 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 a seller's market of a, a significant proportion. Prices are at, wow. at record levels, and uh, uh, there's there's the reason for that, of course, is is due to basic supply and demand. You'll yeah, find no. that uh, there's such a demand today for private companies. So multiples are being bid up to uh, six, seven, eight, ten times uh, earnings, uh, pre-tax oh earnings. Goodness. But you'll find that, uh, again, this is simply due to the, the large amount of money on the buy side because you have uh, uh, corporate cash coffers are, are bulging, so they're the most significant yeah, buyer sure. of, of middle market companies. You've got private equity groups that are, are numerous, and, and many would say 
uh, overfunded with a, a great deal of, of dry powder. And then yeah, on top of that, you have new sources, uh, such we, as we mentioned with uh, uh, private individual investors now through the uh, uh, Jobs Act. And the institutionals Act. are sitting on a pile of cash that, that while well, they've been trying to pretend there's a recession, it's no longer here, right? Exactly. You, you not only have the institutions that have invested in, in private equity funds, but many of the pension funds and endowments, foundations, now they're looking at direct investments. And so what you'll find is there's so much money on the buy side that it is pushing up prices. Uh, on the other hand, what's interesting, Bart, is that uh, only the top quartile companies are able to fetch these premium dollars, and, and the reason being, uh, just as people now are willing to pay more, but they're also being more cautious because of the, uh-huh. the fact that it seems now that uh, uh, getting lender approval, doing the due diligence, uh, many companies today are just not market ready. So one of the things we've found is that you really need to have a top-quality management team uh, in place, willing to remain. You need to be able to have uh, cloud-based uh, systems. You you need to be able to have a, a global business model. You know all of the wow. things that I, I, are desirable. I think, I think you've convinced me. Excuse me, but you've convinced me now that I'm, I'm going to sell my company to that offering company in, in Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, so long as I can get you guys on my side. I think I'm all set. But what you were talking about does lead me into something, and that is, I think, Mike, it is time for the grand unveiling. You have something that is vast and very vital and is truly going to smooth the way for M&A in the future. And as, as I understand it, it's basically an overall amalgamation of business of buying and selling resources from fund sources to uh, advisors and more. Uh, sort of a whole online shop that you and the AMAA team are bringing to fruition. I, I, I'm really excited about it. So, so could you tell us, what is the giant venture called? What's it going to do? Give us the lowdown. What's up? What, what we've found is that since many companies are not prepared before going to the marketplace, we want to be able to, to share the best tools and information resources to help people get prepared so that they're, exactly. they're ready for the, the big dance so to speak. And we found that although there's a great deal of information now on the web regarding business valuation or deal structuring, financing, etc., it's scattered in in thousands of different places. So we're aggregating and organizing a a single solution center called midmarketplace.com. And this is going to be a one-stop shop. Midmarketplace.com is now being built. We have a a placeholder site up. It will be uh, uh, built out as we go on a month-to-month basis. But this is simply going to make the the starting point uh, much easier for most people in learning about all of the different participants and all the different solutions that exist in in the marketplace today. And a, a big mm-hmm. part of the solution has to do with what you can do to 
increase market value. And, and in order to oh. make that happen, you need to take the time to uh, improve profitability and increase right. market value. So there's there's dozens of ways that you can tackle and work on the value drivers so that you can get the top dollar that the top quartile companies fetch. But uh, for many, unless they're prepared, they're going to be sorely disappointed when they meet with one of these deep pocket investors. Um, okay, I think that's good. Uh, I, I, but this is a lot more than some sort of giant M&A yellow pages. You've given us a few things. I'm going to benefit from this. If I if I wanted to say I'm selling my firm and I want to get a buyer who is, is willing to invest and I'm, I want to sell it for San Exit Strategy five years down the line. I can get, I could, I could find someone who might want to put money in beforehand to build it up. So, so we're we're dealing with a better entity down the line. Is that is that the kind of thing that I sort of little esoteric individual thing that I might be able to find or not? Exactly, it, it is oh, being able okay. to uh, access capital for growth, to be able to to add expertise from a, a management and operations perspective. And it, it, it's a process. It, it, rather than having companies that are, are fully built and completely market-ready, many private companies need help along the way. Uh, oftentimes, they've not had access to capital for growth. And surprisingly, <laughs> many <laughs> private companies have not shown full or true profitability. Oftentimes, the financial yeah, statements... Yeah, that's true. Uh, performance has been suppressed in order to avoid the tax bite. Oh, well, if, yeah. if that's the case, then that's typically you have to restate the financial statements to show what it might have looked like had right. it been run like a public company. So that that's one of the, the big translation differences, if you will, that's required in being books, able to transact. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I I hate to say this, but we are running out of time, and I have so much more I want to ask you, including why your your lovely wife Mary Lou uh, was uh, was willing to go back to cloth coats after her husband, a successful M and A husband, went to an executive set uh, administrative uh, organizational setup. But anyway, what I'm really asking is, you have a um, great conference coming up. Could you just tell us in give us two sentences about the conference and, and how people can register? There, there will be some uh, 500 independent investors and advisors, uh, M&A professionals of all types, gathering in mid-January, January 13th to the 15th at the Rosen Shingle Creek Resort in Orlando, Florida. So we, we do this every six months. Remember, M&A is all about trusted relationships. So we we pull everybody together for a couple of days of education and networking, and uh, uh, I'm I'm hopeful that uh, you're going to be there, Bart, to to join us because uh, I'll be there with market, with, with market conditions are wonderful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's wonderful. And again, ladies and gentlemen, you can get that. You can find out the full information on that by visiting amaa dot uh, online dot com. Michael, thank you so much. This is you, You've taught us an awful lot here and, and unleashed a whole lot of interesting new news on us. So I thank you very much for coming on the show, and we'll have to have you back on. Thank you, Bart. It, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Okay. Well, now, ladies and gentlemen, as we round out today's show, uh, 
I let me leave you with today's business quotation, and this quotation comes out of a conversation. Uh, Andrew Carnegie uh, said to his buyer right after selling his entire steelmaking empire, actually, you know, I should have asked for another $100 million. to which the buyer replied, and if you had, I'd have paid it. <laughs> this, uh-huh. this guy's first transaction, just as a hint, this the buyer's first transaction was buying a load of coffee in South America. So if you remember the author of this quote, just write that down and send it to info at bartsbooks.com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S dot com to win an absolutely life-changing gift for yourselves. And finally... Uh, in the uh, words uh, of my of my wife's husband, as a parting shot, may I note that you may never underestimate the power of a handwritten thank you note. So to all my faithful play and playful listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the Art of the CEO show as much as Mike and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember to this to download this and all of our shows on blogtalkradio.com slash the art of the CEO. And next week, uh, do tune in to blogtalkradio.com slash the art of CEO to hear Mr. Chris Groot, vice chair of the National Rowing Association and director of the Princeton National Rowing Association, who is going to tell us about the no fooling art of teamwork involved in sport. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege, and I thank you. <laughs>